Hello, and welcome to the Human Givens Ask the Expert podcast series. My name is Julia Wellstead, and I'm on the Human Givens team. We're running this podcast series to give you the opportunity to hear Human Givens professionals discuss mental health and emotional well-being from the point of view of their particular area of expertise. And we're thrilled today to have Marion Brown as our expert to talk about why antidepressants need to be understood. Marion was a human given psychotherapist in private practice for seven years and through her work became very concerned about the many difficult experiences she could see people were having with antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, sedatives, all taken as prescribed, often with difficult side effects and withdrawal problems as well. Marion now shares what she's learned to help therapists and people struggling with these complex issues as she works tirelessly to increase awareness. Hi, Marion. Hi, Julia. Hi there. Thank you for taking the time to be part of our podcast today. So what we're doing today really is exploring why antidepressants need to be understood and the importance of understanding both the positive and the negative effects of antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications and the problems people can have especially with withdrawing from them. Now, Marion, we've got loads of questions for you today. So shall we just get started? Yeah, that's fine. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, first, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your work and how you first discovered the Human Givens approach? Well, I've been interested in the Human Givens approach for a very long time. (laughs) And I attended my first Human Givens seminar in March 1997, just found the certificate. (laughs) It was at that time, I, I was at that time in the final stages of studying for an MBA and I saw a flyer on a notice board about dealing with difficult people. Ah. Um, so that was the start. And yes, I managed yes. to attend one or two of the minefield seminars or workshops each year until I eventually decided to get on and study for the Human Givens Diploma. And at that time, it was in collaboration with Nottingham Trent University. And I completed my diploma in 2011. Following many years' involvement with a family farming business, this was a belated new professional role for me. So a complete change, of course. Ah, so you started out in farming. I hadn't realised yeah, that. Yeah, there was a family farming business ah. where, um, that, that, that I, was, I was running for many years. And uh, we sold the business. And, uh, but I've been really interested in this human given stuff for years. And I, I really wanted to do it. This was something I, I'd been you know, desperate to really get on and have the time to do with. Um, so that, that gave there, you the opportunity. Absolutely. And I was also a trained workplace mediator by that time as well. And um, Human Givens works really well with mediation. Um, so I, I kind of combined the two. Um, yes. Can you be more specific about the benefits Human Givens brings to your work? Absolutely. I mean, the whole, the whole um, thing of the needs and resources is so powerful in, 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 in all, you know, I apply, I apply this in everything I do. It just makes so much common sense. And it can be applied universally in all sorts of contexts. Yeah. Um, I mean, I use it personally and in my human givens work and in my workplace mediation and relationship mediation work. Um, and in particular, you see the innate cards are fantastic in, in, in all sorts of contexts, just as a kind of a, a way in to, to help people quickly to get, the, get, get a feel for what we're talking about. Yes, uh, that's the innate IN and then eight isn't it yes trying to find those they're very useful cards that that sort of depict the needs and resources is that correct that's right yes um and i actually designed a leaflet uh, two years ago as well to kind of get this crystallized but i designed a leaflet 
based on the human givens uh, concepts and using the innate cards and I've used that extensively as a way of introducing the human givens approach one-to-one um, -one and in groups yeah. um, so, so that gives so, so the you know that, uh, the, the leaflet which I'll, I'll make available is um, it's, it's really useful as a sort of basic understanding and then that together with being able to use the rewind for one-to-one -one in trauma uh, situations and you know phobias so yeah i mean i just love the, the human givens the whole approach i think is is amazing and, and as years go on it's i think it's i mean as i said i first found out about it in 1997 and, and it, it has absolutely stood the test of time and become more and more more and more appropriate i think um, yes as time goes on oh brilliant well let's turn our attention to today's topic with it which is really antidepressants and other medications um but let's start with antidepressants. This first question is, how do antidepressants work? And will they make my depression go away? Right, well, before I begin to answer the questions about antidepressants, I need to make clear that I'm not an expert in antidepressants. <laughs> the, the only experts on antidepressants are the people who've been taking them. Um, and I, I have never taken them. And for, after what I've learned, I would be terribly um, worried if I had to start taking them. So, um, however, I have been tuning in and really listening to the real experts, the people who have been taking them and trying to come off. Um, so I have been listening to the real experts for, for several years now, um, you know, face-to-face -face in, in yeah. tech therapy sessions, on the internet, Facebook, Twitter. So I'm, I'm, I think I have really tuned in to what is going on for people. Um, so in that sense, I'll try and answer the questions as, okay. as best I can. But <laughs> yeah. I can't pretend, you know, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't really, you know, I don't understand the pharmacology part of it. But I, my, my, what I have become expert in is understanding that, you know, the human beings experiencing taking the things. Yes. So depression, how, how do antidepressants work? Um, this is one that our doctors actually can't answer. <laughs> They, they, although they may speak about low serotonin and chemical imbalances and the pills are believed to correct these imbalances and so on, but this is really what they've been brainwashed to, to do, to tell to tell. So they're just, they're just uh, saying what they've been told to say by the pharmaceutical companies, is that? Yeah, that, that's really about it. Um, and their own guidance. So, um, although it's kind of dropped the chemical imbalance thing a bit, but um, it, you know that's very much part of what the public believe and and and, and kind of what we go along with. Um, but what antidepressants really are? They're, they're classed as CNS drugs. So they work by tinkering with the functioning of the CNS, the central, central nervous, system. nervous system, right? And indeed, the autonomic nervous system and the fight-flight response. So they have huge implications for our, our therapy work. Yes. Um, because we are working with, all the time we're working with the fight flight response and trying to calm it and trying to, you know, give it place and so on. So um, if people are taking drugs which interfere with that, you know, that's really something to think about. Yes, um, yes. We're coming on to a question that I think we could expand upon that later, but... Um, just to get back to these initial questions, it, of course, you can't really answer this, but um, should we be taking antidepressants? How, how do they work and, and will they actually make depression go away even in the short term? 
Well, they may numb your feelings, and some people do find them really helpful in getting through a bad patch, and some people do really well on them. And, and what I'm saying, I best be a bit careful because obviously I've seen the worst, what I've seen in, in, my, in the last few years has, has been probably the worst cases. Um, many, many people say they do really well on antidepressants, couldn't live without them, you know, they seem to suit them well. So I, I think I'd better, you know, I, I probably am a bit biased in, in what I've seen and heard. So you, 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 you tend to be working with people who are trying to withdraw from them, trying to come off them. Would that be a fair... Well, not really. I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, as therapists, we're working with everybody. We're working with whoever comes in the door. And yes, so yes. I'm always actually hugely relieved when people say they're not on any medication. But um, because I, I, I know I'll probably be able to help them much quicker um, because the medication is just adding so many more complications. Yeah, yeah. Um, and would, would you say um, they're, they're addic addictive? Are they an addictive group of medications? Well, there's a lot of sort of, there's a lot of discussion about language. Um, so they're, they're not addictive in the sense that they don't usually cause cravings. They are, however, dependence forming and that our bodies adapt to working with them. Uh, you know, yes, sort of homeostatic yes. processes adapt to working with them. And if we try to come off, there are very powerful physiological homeostatic readaptations that have to be coped with. Um, so this is where the withdrawal is, is found to result in really serious issues and, and you know coming off antidepressants cold turkey is is terribly dangerous um you know so so that's right because your body's got used to having them and there's therefore not producing maybe some of the substances naturally well uh, if you think so we've taken something that's acting on our nervous system and the nervous system affects every part of the body you know the the, the the endocrine system, the, the cardiovascular system, you know, everything. Yeah. So, and, and especially the, the digestive system because serotonin, um, there's, you know, there's far more serotonin in your gut than in your brain. So if we're taking serotonin pills, which affect our, our, you know, gut functioning, and then it somehow gets into our bloodstream and into our brains, you know, it's, it's through that process, serotonin affects all, all the systems of our bodies. So we're not just, changing our moods so you know that we must yeah. bear that in mind so yes so absolutely so if we so, stop so, so, so if, if, we're ta if we're taking serotonin through medication our own body presumably dials down the need to make it is that correct absolutely yeah yes. yeah so, so all the little dials are fizzling around and doing you know they're, they're adjusting and coping with this and our bodies are doing their very best to cope with this new substance um an artificial substance so uh, you know artificial chemicals that it's taking on board and trying to trying to work with them one thing we need to be really careful of is is, is understanding that some people cannot tolerate um they, they can't can't metabolize the the drugs um, and those people become very ill very quickly and that you know that is a medical emergency um you know the serotonin syndrome and presu and presumably in that case the the meds would be stopped immediately would they they should be, but uh, quite a lot of doctors don't recognise it, and it's it's really frightening. And I've had people come in and sit down. You know, people, you know, workmen. I know, you know, people come in, ask to come and see me. And I had a guy come in to see me, and he sat down and he and he said, "Well, I, I know I can't take antidepressants." He said, "I've tried once or twice, but after a day or two, I feel completely suicidal. I absolutely can't take." So, I mean, but he was quite open about it. He said, you know, yes. he did. but if people don't recognize it 
And if they don't recognize the, the symptoms that, you know, that they're unable to, talk, you know, metabolize it, they, and, and they go back, some people become psychotic and, and they go back to the doctor. So the doctor says, oh, obviously, the, you know, it's developed. Now, now you need an antipsychotic as well as the antidepressant. Oh, and uh, if the doctors aren't recognizing and they're just medicating more symptoms, people can get in the most awful mess. And would it be the um, case that some of the, 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 the symptoms tend to be similar? So, you know, if the medication's making you feel suicidal, I suppose the doctor would then think, well, that's just the extension of the depression you first came with. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, and, and frighteningly, um, if, if, if you look at a lot of the news stories of, of people who've taken their lives, if you look at the backstory, it says they've been treated for mental health problems. You know, so you start thinking, oh my goodness. So it is, it's, it's, I mean, it's, and, and for, you know, for psychotherapists, this is really important if they can recognize that perhaps the people are having an adverse effect to the medication and if the medication stop, they might feel a whole lot more better. If people have just started, you know, within the last two, three weeks, and they start getting these really, I mean, it's absolute compulsions. They get this, they feel absolutely terrible. They feel compelled to do something. And some people develop akathisia. Which is? Uh, that's severe, that's very, very severe agitation. And that's an adverse effect of the drugs. They, they feel that their skin's crawling. They feel absolutely terrible. They can't, they can't keep still. They, they feel just dreadful. And, and have you ever heard of this? Well, I have, yes, Marion, but it's um, and it's again, really interesting to hear you talk about it. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a really good one-hour free one-hour course, and I've put I put the link to that on on, on the on the yes. podcast thing. It's called Akathisia One Hundred and One, and it's a free one-hour course, and I highly recommend it because it's just raising awareness of what it is, and for family members as well. People have just started on a medication. Fantastic. So, yeah. so just to say for the for those listening, um, once this podcast is up on the Human Givens Institute website, all the links that Marion is mentioning uh, will be available there as well. So uh, we'll put all those up. Now, Marion, just to get back to these questions a wee bit, um, there's a question here. I feel better. Should I stop taking my antidepressants? Well, but that's the, you know, we've just spoken about that, the cold turkey, if you just stop cold turkey, that is also really, really dangerous because then the body has to do the, you know, it's just suddenly left in limbo. This thing that it was working with is gone. So the um, G GPs tend to have a sort of uh, tapering program, do they, for people who want to come um, off? Well, that... yes, they, they, usually if people go to the GP and say they want to come off, the GP says, well, the GP isn't usually very keen to that, but anyway, they usually give, they say, that's fine. The, the NICE guidelines say um, you can try coming off if you'd like to, and they usually give them a tapering, uh, you know, say, say take one tablet every two days, you know, instead of every day, every take a tablet every second day, for two weeks and then you should be able to stop Gosh, and if that people, sounds quite short that's way way too fast right. if people try that they, i mean they run into huge problems so then the g then they, you know then they start feeling really awful um yeah. and and they go back to their gp and the gp says oh you obviously really you know that's your illness coming back you really need that mm. drug so you know you better accept you're going to need to be on it for life we'll get you back on there we'll get you stable, and you'll be you know that'll be you 
Gosh, mm. so, so really the, the expectation is that people are going to be on them for life once they're on them, is that? Do... Quite often, yes. Yeah. So, so the nice guidelines, the nice guidelines actually say, that's the difficulty. You can't sort of try them out for a week or two, and, and well, you can, but what often happens is you try them out for a week or two, and the, the, they mostly make people feel worse. For the first two or three weeks, they make people feel worse. And the doctors will say you might feel worse for the next, you know, the next two or three weeks. But once the drug kicks in, you'll start to feel a lot better. So people kind of wade through this, the, 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 the initial side sticks. effects, which are horrible. I mean, they're really horrible. They're, and the most common ones are, are sexual dysfunction, which is very, very common. Um, nausea, gut problems, um, feeling of sort of emotionally numb. And that's a sort of, you know, that's a sort of expected, you know, that you, you, you right. So they're people are told to expect all of that and just to wade through it. That's yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and but you know, they're really horrible. And and if you think of it, if if people are having relationship problems and they get put on antidepressants, which then affect their sexual function, affect their empathy, I think, oh my goodness, you know, this is actually even it's the just, side effects. Just made it a whole heap worse. Yes, exactly. So, um, so as so, assuming the 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 poor person has waded through these initial side effects, is that the the sort yeah, of so then the GP says that's idea fine. is that then it all settles down. Yeah, yeah. So then the GP says, well, we found the one that suits you, and we might double the dose. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then and then we'll keep you on for at least six months. And see how you are but and then and then we'll keep you on i mean this is what the guidelines say at least six months and then for at least six months after the the, the depression, depression or anxiety is cleared so wow. it ends up being on and on and on and meanwhile for people who are put on them is there is there anything happening to try and find out and help the underlying problem that's caused the depression and anxiety. Well, not not unless the people are doing something for themselves. I mean, you know. As, so, a, so a GP wouldn't say, and I think you should, you know, here's here's a prescription for some talk therapy. No, um, they might suggest you tried online CBT, and they might suggest you took a bit more exercise. But by the time you're, by the time you're totally oh, because the other big side effect is fatigue. So you. Oh, you, so you're, you're, not, feel, you're not about you to go like take up swimming or anything. Yes. No, you don't yes. feel like that. And, and uh, you won't really feel like joining a club because you really couldn't give a hoot anymore anyway. So, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Yeah. And what, no. what, there's a question here specifically about Prozac. What are the long-term effects of Prozac? Well, the is only that, reason we're finding out is because people have been on Prozac for, you know, 20, 25 years. There's lots of, there's lots of people now have been on antidepressants for... 20 plus years um there was a there was a there was a gps have been in, in, actually incentivized to prescribe them there was a campaign in the 90s the defeat depression campaign when lots of people were put on suroxide or prozac or whatever and there's, there's a sort of legacy of that there's lots of people who were put on antidepressants at that time and are still on them because they've never been able to come off and we don't really know what the long-term effects of because nobody's ever done those studies. I mean, you couldn't. No, there's no baseline to so, compare it with, of course. So the, st the studies, the actual sort of, the research studies that everything's based on, including the NICE guidelines, tend to have been funded by drug companies. 
and they're usually for a maximum of usually they look at you know short periods of time but sometimes up to a maximum of about two years so nobody has studied what happens you know you couldn't the people who have taken the antidepressants for all these years they're the ones who are the guinea pigs yes. of this massive experiment yeah. we don't know but we're thinking what seems to be happening is um often people are well on them for years and years and years you know fine they're living normal lives um and you know coping fine with jobs mm -hmm. and, you know yes but, which, but, which kind of brings but, me on to the next question actually um antidepressants have become part of me i don't know who i am without them how can i stop depending on antidepressants so what's what's the kind of let's get some some positive here how if someone does want to stop presumably the two week every other day thing isn't going to work but yeah especially how not can if, they stop? If, if they've been on long term um if they've been on long term and they want to stop um we the gps really don't have any good advice except no. you know they might say try and come off really slowly now there's a problem there because the you know the pills come in in different strengths mm. and it's really hard to come off slowly um people who've managed it successfully have, have, have been, you know used pill cutters and you know various ways to to, to taper as slowly as they possibly can yeah. Yeah. um you can get uh prozac in a liquid form um which is helpful so people can you know dose down reduce it in incrementally yes um, you can also get tapering strips, um, but that's not really on the NHS. You can get those privately, and the tapering strips are made up in, in gradually reducing doses of whatever drug you've been on. Um, uh, and uh, and I can give more information about that as well. That's through James James Mueslet's talk withdrawal. He's done a lot of work on finding out about tapering strips. Lovely. Um, yes, we'll pop that on the link there, as well. So, are so we talk, we're talking months or even years here? Yes, yeah. I mean, some people take two, three years, um, and, but everybody's different. You know, we're all our, our physiology is different. Everybody's different. They need to find out what works for them and and do it really, really slowly. There's a there's a new thing started up called Inner Compass. Again, we'll give you the link to that. And in, Inner Compass has been set up by people who've done this for themselves and found out what works and what doesn't work. And they, you know, there's, that's how the Facebook groups and there's the Surviving Antidepressants website. So what's happened is patients have found out for themselves what works yes. and what doesn't work and they've shared it with each other. And there's, there's actually a huge body of really good experiential work being done and um, and we're trying to share share that with the medical profession so that they understand and and can learn from it. But the, the real difficulty has been that the medical profession has not wanted to engage at all. We've just kept saying, well, you know, there's not a problem, go away. And um, is that changing now? Or are you finding? Because I know you've been lobbying for a long time now, Mary. And if, <laughs> is it, are you getting more positive response it's, at all? I think it's slowly changing, but we've come up with the Royal College of Psychiatrists in particular. They, they have been terribly um, defensive and, and they have huge influence with the Royal College of GPs. So that, you know, the psychiatrists advise GPs about, um, you know, the psychiatric drugs. But of course, the psychiatrists aren't actually prescribing the drugs. It's the GPs. The GPs are stuck in the middle. They're the prescribers. They take the responsibility for the prescribing. And if the expert yes, yes. advice is not not okay, then you know the GPs are prescribing in the dark. 
and the nice guidelines you know the, the research we've done has actually showed up that the nice guidelines are flawed the people following the nice guidelines are being thrown into really difficult withdrawal issues um so that's what we've been working on and and, and i think we are beginning to get we're beginning to get glimmers of light and i think we're beginning to get more understanding and the all-party parliamentary group for prescribed drug dependence is working with public health england um on this review of medications so we're hoping that we're beginning to see a, a bit of a change yes yes now i remember last summer i think it was uh we put your you've you've got an inf infographic called a patient's journey uh that we put on our uh, human givens newsletter can and and that i think just to sort of look at the other side of this so rather than taking antidepressants um what what's the alternative how, how else can one recover from depression and and actually there's a question here uh, can you talk us through the cycle of depression? What's 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 going on? Let's explain it a bit. Absolutely. Well, I, I love the cycle of depression. Yes, I it's wonderful. I, I use it? it to explain to my clients, and uh, and and I, I mean, it just makes again, it just makes so much sense, and it really works. So when people are worrying and worrying about something, they they don't sleep well. So insomnia is, you know, the sort of absolutely classic thing. We're not sleeping well because we're worrying and worrying and worrying. And if we're not getting it and probably doing too much dream sleep. Um, right, so dream sleep is very important, isn't it? Because it sort of diffuses our worries in effect. Absolutely. But if, we're, if, we've got, if our worries are sort of overwhelming us and we're not getting enough and we're dreaming too much and not getting enough long wave, um, you know, really proper, the proper restorative yes. sleep, yeah. um, then we run into problems. And there's a really good TED talk by a guy called Jeff Illiff. I don't know if you've ever heard of... Jeff Ellis. No, no, I haven't. Uh, and I'll, uh, again, we can put the link on. Pop, this. It's, pop it's, it's, it on, yes. <laughs> well, it's a TED talk, so it's fairly brief, but it made a huge impression on me because it explained what happens when you sleep and why we really need that long, that you know, the real restorative sleep, and about how when when we go into that deep restorative sleep, the our brain cells actually shrink, so that the uh, that can be the, and the, the drainage system. I can't remember what the lymphatic system. I think yes. it's called that actually drains the toxins from, from our brains um, while we're sleeping. So it's actually the, the draining of the toxins um, from our brains that, that refresh us, you know, to wake up ah. fresh to start a new day. So if we can, yes, so it's the thing about the worrying and the, and the sleep and the dreaming, which is absolutely crucial to our mental health. Um, and, and I suspect that the whole, you know, there's all this talk now about inflammation causing depression and so on. Yes. I would suspect that what's happening is when they're not getting enough sleep, the, the, you know, if the toxins are building up in our brain, we're not, they're not draining away properly. That is probably causing some sort of inflammation, which of will, course it will become a, an explanation as well. But anyway, so if we're not getting enough, so we're worrying too much, we're not getting enough sleep, we wake up exhausted, feeling awful. Um, so we're less able to respond to events, things don't get done, and, and, and the more needs are not met, and then we sleep even worse and so we go around and around yes. and feel worse and worse probably resulting in you know, build up of stuff in our brain which makes us feel just dreadful yes. and, and of um, course and of course when we feel worse we maybe don't do so well at work or we have to take some time off or our relationships suffer so that cycle just it's i always think of it as um like water going down a plug hole there's a sort of that sort of downward spiral 
Absolutely. So, so I usually explain it to people, you know, I give them a, a handout page with a cycle of depression on it and, and, and I explain to them that if we can help them to use their resources effectively um, from our very first human given session, showing them how to, to use the 7-Eleven breathing, taking back control to begin to relax deeply and, um, and access the, the, the REM state using um, guided imagery and using the resources of memory and imagination to explore and rehearse Yes. observing self and the pattern yes. matching so using all our resources within within a very first human given session showing them how they can use the resources um and, and know, also of course also of course the, the bit that i think is so often missing uh, when people are put on antidepressants is the that initial why why are you feeling depressed? Yeah. And, and I, I should add, actually, anxiety and anger are also on that cycle of depression, aren't they? So, absolutely, um, yeah. You know, so even if someone feels they're not depressed but they're anxious, it, it's still it's the same system that's at work. Absolutely, yeah. And just feeling overwhelmed, short-tempered, whatever is going on. Um, so yeah, so if we can help them to, you know, in a session, if we can help them to unburden, you know, tell us what's all been going on, um, and then we 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 use the, the the guided imagery to maybe help them to take back some control and rehearse that doing things differently, and give them some hope. I mean, really, that and always, I'm, I'm sure we all see this. We see that when people have experienced feeling really relaxed, and you know, in a you know, in ten minutes or whatever, in our sessions, they they they, they go out feeling different. Yes. From a, yes. you know, from every session, they go out feeling different. That something's happened. They're not quite sure what it is, but and and yes. and, uh, and I think one of the biggest things we can also give as therapists is is give them back volition, sort of control the because it it strikes me that going on to an antidepressant must feel as if that there's a bit of helplessness there, you know, I, I need this other thing in order to get better. Absolutely. Whereas what we can do as therapists is say, no, you've got this within yourself. You can. You yeah. Can, you and can even this. I often explain the seven eleven breathing um, as, 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 you know, look, you can take, you know, you can take control of your breathing. It's one thing you can control and you can control yes. your breathing in order to access, you know, to stimulate the relaxation response. And that, yes. You know, Wow. Yes. And that, in case any listeners don't know about it, we will put that on the links as well, the 7-Eleven breathing. But that's, that's tapping into the fact that in, on our out-breath, we're triggering the relaxation response, isn't it? So yeah. if our out-breath is longer, hence the 7-Eleven, uh, we're going to begin to relax. Absolutely. And it, it really works too. Yes, um, <laughs> it does. And, you know, when people find it working, you know, yeah, quite surprised that something can work so quickly yes uh, and i think that's the first thing as you say gives hope you know if if you can talk someone through the 7-eleven breathing technique on the first visit or even in a five minute chat at a bus stop or anything they can absolutely. say oh this really begins to work and, and as we calm down of course our head clears and we can think more clearly so it's a, a very powerful tool absolutely yeah mm. So the next question, if someone, if a client comes to see me and they're on antidepressants, what should I do? Um, I know sometimes medication can hinder the effect effectiveness of therapy, but is it our place to suggest they come off them? 
So that, this is from an HGI therapist. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I found as we as we all will, I think that many people who come to see me were, were on antidepressants. And the bit on the client form about medication is actually really important. When we did our training, I thought, well, you know, that won't be for me, that'll be for the doctors. And they thought, oh, wow, I've discovered it's really important. So when they fill in the form, um, I usually ask uh, how long they've been on, on the medication for and how, how they're finding it. You know, just to start a conversation about the medication. And, and, and people are usually really knowledgeable about the types of antidepressants and their particular doses. So, you know, they'll tell you the yes, names yes. and doses. And, and of course, to me, it meant nothing. I didn't know what it meant. So I had to find out more. Yes. Um, and they'll tell you how they felt if they missed a dose. And, you know, sometimes they've been away for a weekend without them and, and they've, you know, realised they really need them. Um, and if they're happy and stable on the, on the medication, then I just work with them, you know, as a normal human being. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I wouldn't, try, I wouldn't suggest they try to come off them. I would mention that they should be aware that any change in medications going up or down or new medication added can be a really risky time mm -hmm. and that they might want to explore relevant inf information that I could suggest to discuss with their doctor if this is to become relevant. So, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. If they're on antidepressants and they're fine and they're stable, then, it's, you know, that's fine. We just work as normal because their bodies have learned to work with it. Um, yes. But, but there clearly, are, the, the very fact that they've come to you suggests they're not fine. Well, yeah, they, they maybe it, but you know, maybe they've come to you about, about something that's happened in their lives, uh, but but it's happened in their lives while they've been on the antidepressants. So, but yeah, but that's I suppose that brings us to the next. But that, that you know, people go through changes in their lives that then change things for them, uh, and you know, we've, our, our bodies change. You know, we go through different stages and ages, and uh, so sooner or later they they may come up with other problems um, and come to us yeah and we yes so I found the, the essential reference books that I discovered for for my for therapist bookshelf and I think we can put the links to these up as well one is the Joanna Moncrief's book um, the straight talking introduction to psychiatric drugs and that's a real it's a, just a little book and it's really, it's got the names of the drugs, the doses, and it talks about half-life and all stuff that, you know, we never, well, I didn't know anything about. Yes. But it's oh, just really useful to, you know, to have on your shelf, and if someone's talking yes, about them, so you can look it up. You can them. actually look it up with them and talk. Yes, yeah, so it could, you know, maybe this, yeah. And the, the other, there's another one, another similar straight talking guide um, by Lucy Johnson called the Straight Talking, talking Guide to Psychiatric Diagnosis, because... Some people will come come in and start talking about the diagnosis, and of course, and again with human givens, we don't really go in, you know, we don't really use diagnosis. But if people yeah. believe their diagnosis has been helpful, some, you know, sometimes it's just good to be able to understand what they mean by their diagnosis. So yes, that's yes. a useful little book. Um, a really good one is Baylissa Frederick's book Recovery and Renewal, which has a lot of information about medication and about withdrawal and about the kind of symptoms people might be suffering and you know, that are caused by the drugs and the withdrawals. And the one I recommend, well, recovering in is really good for people who are trying to withdraw. And the other really good one, um, which is a free on the internet, or you can buy it as a book from Amazon, is the Harm Reduction Guide to Psychiatric Drugs. Um, it's the Icarus Guide, and it's by Will Hall. 
and it's it's a it's a real you know just a, it's a little thin book and it's available in all different languages on the internet and it's a really useful guide really very useful just so we know, just so we know a bit more about antidepressants yes yeah, yeah I, I think I, that's really as therapists we do need to understand we need to understand that absolutely. yeah because yes. but some people come in with really well the suicidal feeling really really deep deeply suicidal and it's a sort of medicated suicidalness which is uh, you know through time people have become you know sometimes people's lives become hopeless and they become suicidal and you know that that's part of you know part and parcel of, yes, of how yes. we are yeah. but this is they say this is different this is the most terrible awful deadly feeling of just being absolutely desperate now there's two there's two types there's one is the akathisia one when that so agitated that you know they just feel just absolutely ghastly and the other one is just absolutely deadly awful just so the opposite of agitated is it a sort of status yeah it's a sort of right. i mean in their heads they're hugely you know they just it's and, and it can go on and on and on and and that is when it's really hard to work with people in in, in that kind of state um yes and and it it is it's a drug it's it's caused and it, and if we can help people understand that this is caused by the drugs or withdrawal it's not just the way they are that can be helpful we can if we can help to support them and stick with it that, and yes that's, that's something i was going to mention actually a client that, who came to me um she felt absolutely dreadful but her worry was that if she came off and she was thinking about coming off the medication uh, but her worry was, maybe I'll feel even worse without it. So, you know, she, she was on this pretty dismal level of, uh, of, of low, feeling low. But she was worried that by coming off the antidepressants, she'd feel even lower. She, in other words, she couldn't remember what her own sort of baseline was or had been. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and people get into a state, into a sort of stage where they don't know whether you know, they try coming off and they feel worse and they try going back on again. You know, they, they, yes, they, they get it completely, completely sort of chaotic. They just don't know, don't know where to turn. Yes. But um, I know Belissa Bill, Frederick, she actually has a, she has a website as, as well, um, which I haven't put the link on, but I can give you that one as well. And she's That's, been supporting yes. people for years and years, mainly through benzo withdrawal. Um, but yeah, she, she says this is a re, it's a really huge problem. And if you can help people if you can validate how people are feeling just help them through it that's, that's the best we can do and we can't really do any therapy when people are in that, in that terrible state all we can do is be with them hear them believe believe them um yes, you know, yes. validate the experience and try and try and help them you know just be with well them. And, and i think help them to see that there is another way um other than medication well you know, just just that there's a there is there is a there are well, that's sort of what I got from your patient's journey infographic, which I think you devised, Marion, but was it with the help of people who yeah, yeah. were well, suffering? I devised it because I'd so, I see this pattern happening over and over again. You hear people's stories of what happened in their lives and, and you know, they were going through a bad patch. They went to the doctor, they started an antidepressants and then, they, and then they tried to come off and it didn't work out so they were put back on and then they tried again and, 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 and then they get into this, they get more and more into this mess and if we can help people before they get too far 
deep down in that mess, if we can help them climb out. Yes. Um, yes. At, 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 you know, at an early part of that journey, um, best of all, if they never started on the antidepressants at all, then sure. it help yes. them really quickly. Yes. But if they've started, they've started to get into that model, we can begin to help, you know, sort of reverse after that again and get back yes. to a normal yes. life. And, you know, again, getting... And people who've come come through and, and managed to come off and got back to, you know, get got back to getting their needs met and balance again, you know, can do really, really well. Um, that's, and, that, that's, I suppose that's what I mean by, uh, um, it, that's the giving hope, isn't it? To someone who's in that awful cycle of trying all the different antidepressants and uh, other medications, anti-anxiety, et cetera, just showing them. And that's what I love about your infographic that there, there is another route and there is success at the end of it. Absolutely. And even if people, you know, even if they've got quite far down that, you know, that's sort of bad route, again, you know, we can help them, that they can be supported to come out. But that, that's, we really need more and more help from, we need recognition from the medical profession yes. and proper withdrawal advice. And, and, and the idea of uh, the BMA asking for a helpline is, is people are, you know, when they're suicidal and desperate, they do need somebody to talk to. In, yeah. And a lot of them, sleep really badly it affects you know this whole withdrawal thing people get people who can't sleep at all and that must be doing terrible harm yes and, and, and that's how the facebook groups have been and that's so good when because, yes and of course that's when they need help is during the night when they're not sleeping and yeah need a, a helpline so this 24 7 sort of facebook group thing has you know the self-help thing that's that's tried to um well, that's the only thing there is at the moment. Until and, and what's that called? What what is that Facebook? Um, well, there's, there's group. Well, there's there's various different ones. Right. They say if if you if your doctor prescribes your drug, the first thing you should do is look up to see if there's a Facebook self help group about it, <laughs> because you might not you might decide not to take it after all, because you, you'll find you know there's there's ones for all different all of different course. depressants. Yes. There are yes. help groups. And you'll get um, to hear about all the but the, the most the, the, the most sort of um, well recognised it's a website that's been going for years and years uh, is surviving antidepressants and actually that's a yeah. website um, and that's very you know very highly respected yeah. um, so that's the sort of the most uh, and then so there's there's the surviving antidepressants and then there's this new uh, web based thing called Inner Compass. And that has a withdrawal. Yes. Well. All of so which we'll we'll put all of those links up. Brilliant. Well, Marion, um, are there any questions we haven't covered today that people commonly ask, or anything that you would like to highlight that we haven't talked through? Um, yeah, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things. Now, this 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 is a bit dark, but I think again we need to recognise it. Um, the, the drugs aren't toxic to neurons so people do so, so that the, this kind of symptoms people are suffering is because yes. of neurotoxicity um and keisha lee who's in the who's had she's quite ill herself she's trying to recover from you know quite bad toxicity um she put together this really good sort of poster um or, or just a sheet with, with the, the kind of things that people experience and I've, I've sent it to Gemma because I think it's really useful to share just to get a rough idea that, of what people might be. What to expect. Yes. Yeah, what, yeah. what are we looking for? Yes. And, and there's various levels of, of it, you know, and, and on that sheet, there's, all, there's links to all sorts of 
different um, websites as well, which could be useful to people. Um, yes. yes, and again, yes. on your infographic, you've got the um, medically unexplained symptoms. Does that? Yeah, that... so that's the other thing I, I'd like to speak about. So that this, this biopsychosocial model. Um, so the human givens principles are very much based on the on the biopsychosocial model. Yes. So that you know what's happening, our biology affects us. Um, our, our, the way we're thinking and and our relationships and so on so you know all those combined from mental health but the bio bit has been kind of um sort of become biomedical so that so what's happening is the medicines are affecting our biology uh, and affecting our of course feeling i mean it, it's quite simple you know if you're feeling really ill you're not going to feel terribly bouncy and cheerful you yes, know, if you're feeling yes. really ill in your body in whatever way you know it, it obviously does affect us yes um, of course it's it's chicken and egg isn't it sometimes as well whether you're um feeling mentally down and therefore a bit physically ill or physically ill and therefore a bit mentally down absolutely so but what's happening is if people are getting into this so so they, they keep going back to the gp with all different symptoms which are not anxiety and depression as such but they you know getting them all different bodily symptoms mm, the gps like pain, aren't pain. Yes, yes absolutely in neuropathic pain and fibromyalgia and all these things and the gps aren't relating it at all to might be drug effects uh, so the gps are then giving people different medicines for the different symptoms so you're going back with your, yes, yes. So you're going back with your stomach aches and your fatigue and your pain and your joints or pain in your extreme you know the mm. neuropathic pain and, and the gps aren't recognizing that this is anything to do with the drugs you've been taking or trying to come off so you end uh, up on more and more you end up on more and more all the different symptoms all the pharmacy thing and then and, and people are in, to become seen as heart sync patients the doctors you know actually men, you know talk about heart sync patients medic all these medically unexplained symptoms of these is that because their hearts sink when they see their name on the list? Is that what that yeah. is? Yeah, I see what you mean. Right. And, and they talk about the, 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 what used to be called thick notes syndrome. So, you know, now everything's ah. on the internet. But in the old days, it, you know, these heart sink patients had you know, very big thick notes because they kept going back to the doctors with more and more symptoms. Um, yeah. And so we've now got, if you, I started, I, I, I'd never heard of medically unexplained symptoms until, um, it was the end of 2016 and, and one of the people I've been working with came and got got a, a letter from a it was actually from a psychologist saying that um, this person was being uh, uh, be, being seen by her doctors as having medically unexplained symptoms so I thought well that means you know nobody can figure out what's wrong and then I discovered medically unexplained symptoms is actually a it was actually a DSM it's an official diagnosis yes, it is, it is a, mental, a mental health diagnosis and it basically and, and the doctors don't believe that the people have all these symptoms they just think they're making it up they think it's psychosomatic so people are suffering all these terrible symptoms as a result of damage to the nervous system um, and you know all other bodies you know all the body yes. symptoms systems and the doctors aren't believing them and the doctors are saying, well, we've done all these tests and they're all coming back negative. We've done all these, uh, you've had all these treatments and, and nothing works. So, so now we think we, you need 
psychological, you know, you need CBT and perhaps graded exercise therapy and maybe attribution, reattribution therapy. And, and, and then, then which, try and, what, what, which is what? Well, it's to try and, to try and reattribute, you know, instead of worrying about your pain, we'll try and reattribute it to, you know, your bad experiences in childhood. <laughs> oh, okay. God. So it's, yeah, so this is how I've become, I've become really worried, actually, about um, human givens, you know, using it, being, being proud about talking about the biopsychosocial model because it's being used in all this medically unexplained symptoms training for doctors. So it's yeah, been hijacked it. in a sense. Yes. To, to they're, trying, they're trying to say all this stuff that people are suffering as a re result of the drug damage is psychosomatic. So, so still not accepting that it's to do with the medication. No, there's, there's a... So it does seem to be a very big blind spot there. Well, yes, there is. <laughs> so we've been working on it. <laughs> yeah, um, I know, you're, you're being an absolute Trojan, yes. But the more um, people we can help to, to not start on these medications at all, the better. Yes, so yes. That's, that does seem to be the, 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 sort of the overall message Perhaps. And if human, I mean, human givens time has really come because I think oh, this medically unexplained symptoms thing started to be sort of rolled out um, sort of in the mid to around about 2005, six, seven, and it's becoming more and more popular with TPs, you know, this medically unexplained symptoms. And you can now go to some, you know, there's conferences and summits. Gosh. Uh, and I think this is, it's, it's um, abbreviated as MUS, I think, isn't it? Yep. Was, or, yep. Yes. Well, it's got yes. various names. There's medically unexplained symptoms, there's medically unexplained physical symptoms, there's somatic symptom disorder, there's bodily distress syndrome. It's got various names, but it basically means you're in a mess, you know. Yes. yes. Your whole, all your systems have got messed up. And still no one's pointing the finger at the medication you're on. No, and it's really hard. Once people are in that mess, it's really very, very hard to help them, you, you know, out. rebalance everything and get out. So we must, we've got to start at the, the, the end that to, to make sure people aren't being harmed by the medicines in the first place. That's, that's my thinking anyway. And human givens is, is just such a, you know, it's such a, a really good way of helping people, you know, get back to their lives quickly, so they never enter that mental health system. The, yes, you know, yes, the mental illness system that, or whatever yes, it is. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, as, as your infographic beautifully illustrates, the I, the best thing is never to get into that system. But we also yeah, want to be able to help those who are in it, of course. And of course, you know, the, at the beginning when people start feeling ill, you know. It, it may be to do with something they're going through, or it may be, you know, there are physical things, you know, thyroid problems or other kind of problems, which, which may need medical intervention. Yeah. But, but not antidepressants. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Marina. Is there anything else you'd like to add to what you've said today? Um, there is another really useful thing is David Healy. One of the things that helped me at the beginning was David Healy's notes to take to your therapist. And, and they are really good. Um, so I'll, I'll put that on And the is that his, is that some notes by him or books by yes, David? So, a book so, by so, David so, Healy. So David Healy's website is rxisk.org, risk.org. And we'll, we'll get, you know, we'll give you the link to yes. that. 
And he's done a huge amount of work on this, um, antidepressants especially. And um, this, his website, it, 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 you know, it specifically looks into what, you know, could it be my meds? Could, could the problems I'm having be to do with the meds? So that's what he specifically set it up for. And there's various um, areas on the website, but in one part there's notes and guides and the notes on the antidepressant withdrawal are really useful. That seems to me to be a very good way of looking at it because rather than looking at absolutely anything else other than the medication, I'd mm. say the first thing, if you're feeling, you know, if you've got gut problems, the first thing you might look at is what you eat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't disregard that, would you? So uh, in similar vein, if you're having bad uh, physical ailments, it's the first thing to my mind is to look at what you're ingesting, which of course includes these medications. Um, Absolutely. Rather than completely yeah. avoiding the subject. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Marianne. And my thanks also to everyone who's listening and all those who took the time to submit these important questions. And for you, Marianne, the time you've taken to answer them today, but also the, the background to that, your years of experience and research that's gone into this and i know you are still very actively lobbying and fighting for 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 this uh, subject to be highlighted i feel sure the vital information advice you've provided today is going to be of huge help to all of us now if you or anyone you know suffer from depression you might benefit from looking at uh, our human givens website which is www.hgi.org.uk and on that you'll find a find therapist button and if you can find your or their nearest human givens therapist it's well worth going along and having a chat perhaps also have a look at our online depression course how to break the cycle of depression and maybe consider attending our practical skills one day workshop how to lift depression and details of those can be found at our Human Givens College website, which is www.humangivenscollege.com. We also have a Human Givens book, How to Lift Depression Fast. And this has provided very helpful information for sufferers and their friends and family. And many GPs actually recommend it to their patients. You can find that in any good bookshop or we do have it for sale online as well. And also, I will just repeat that everything Marion has mentioned today, all those links we'll put up on the HGI website along with this podcast. So you will find them there. And if there's anything you can't find, do just get in touch with us. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this Ask the Expert podcast. I personally have found it very, very interesting. And I know Marion's been working for many years on this subject. Coming up, we've got a range of fantastic topics being covered, including relationships, postnatal depression, body image, political chaos, loads more. And actually, if you have a subject you'd like us to cover, please do get in touch because this series is for you. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Now, all podcasts will be shared on our social media accounts. So please make sure you like or follow us. And meantime, thank you so much for listening today. And we hope you have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening today and we hope you have a great day. Bye for now.